Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, Vladimir Putin's annexation of portions of that eastern region of Ukraine seems to be getting all the headlines. But as always, we have to look past the headlines. There's been some activity just over the last few days that is equally important, not as it relates to Russia, but as it relates to China and some islands of the Pacific. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. During World War II, thousands of Americans died to take control of the small island nations in the Pacific Ocean. But these islands are just as important today as they were 81 years ago. China, of course, has its eye on them. So why are they so so important? What is the U.S. doing to counter China's influence in the region? Yesterday, President Biden hosted a very important summit that didn't get a lot of coverage, uh, signed a broad deal to aid these Pacific Island nations and counter China in many ways. And to help us break all of that down, really pleased to have back on the program with us once again, Henry Olson, a columnist for The Washington Post, senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Henry, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me back. Uh, So let's break this down just a little bit. Uh, Again, uh, with everything else going on, uh, both in the world and uh, weather here at home, a lot of folks did not have their eye on the ball when it came to the Pacific Island Nations Conference uh, held uh, by President over the the last two days. Give us uh, some insight into that. Yes. So this conference was uh, designed to reach out to the heads of state of 10 different island nations. Some of them are tiny, like Tonga or Vanuatu. Some of them are larger, like Fiji or uh, Samoa. But they stretch over 1,000 miles in the South Pacific, and China has been making a big play to try and increase its influence economically and more dangerously through security aid. And the United States and its allies in Australia and New Zealand are trying to catch up and keep the Chinese out. Yeah, and so as we uh, look at this, uh, obviously uh, we had the historical reference. You did this in your piece in the Washington Post as well, uh, talking about just how vital these island nations can be. Uh, Japan understood that uh, in World War II. Uh, So what are some of the things that are happening? What needs to be done? Uh, You mentioned Australia and New Zealand trying to catch up. Uh, What's the U.S. role in, in all of that? The U.S. role on this is, uh, the U.S. is, of course, the big dog. It's the big dog militarily and the big dog economically. And what the U.S. can do is provide aid to help these countries. They are at the forefront of dealing with climate change. So the number of them are very small islands uh, or sets of islands 
you know, if the sea goes up by six inches, it doesn't cause the United States very much. It takes a lot of land out of production for them, so they need aid on questions like that. They want security aid, and the United States will be working uh, with that as well. And they need economic development. They need uh, access to markets, and they need help with reducing the cost of sending money back home for people who are already overseas and supporting their family with remittances. And that's what the United States, in conjunction with its Pacific allies, can provide that China really can't provide as well if we're willing to compete with them. Yeah. So let's start with some of that economic uh, effort there in terms of where the U.S. can actually lean in for some of these island nations. Yeah, well, some of what the United States needs to do is simply provide some uh, loans and aid. You know, it's something that the Chinese are willing to do, and we can do it with less compromise of sovereignty uh, than the Chinese would request. But one thing that we can do with respect to workers is that there's a number of, you know, particularly people from Samoa or some of the other islands who are working in Australia or working in the United States. It, they have to spend fees uh, to 11 or 12 percent of their money that they send home, whereas normally if you wire money back, it's only like 4 percent. You know, mm-hmm. government should and can be working to reduce those costs so that more money gets home to the people in the affected islands. And you can create trade deals so that these nations have the exports and they can send exports to advanced economies so they aren't reliant on feeding the great Chinese in economic uh, machine. Yeah. And now let's shift to the kind of the military component to all of this. Obviously, uh, if China, if China was to control some of these areas, uh, that would be catastrophic. There also seems to be uh, a need to really reinforce that uh, America really will be there uh, when it gets hard. We've obviously seen that play out in terms of Taiwan. Uh, but there are areas in that region that are saying, uh, you know, is the U.S. really with us? And will they really be with us if if China starts to flex its muscle? Well, that's one of the real uh, strange things is that a number of these nations haven't even had American embassies. Uh, you, you know, you'd think that there'd be an American embassy in every nation in the world. Well, apparently not. Uh, sometimes just showing up is the most important of the game. And that's something that Vice President Harris recently uh, announced new embassies in two of these 10 nations. And the United States needs to show that it's not just having a one and done meeting that needs to show, look, We've overlooked you in the past, but we're never going to overlook you again. And that means that it requires diplomatic presence. It means uh, economic assistance. It means basically being there and uh, trying to ensure that these nations are firmly within the United States orbit. Yeah, and so important. Uh, so often in those kinds of summits and conferences, it's it's the old, after all this said and done, more is said than done. Uh, but we know the administration announced uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in new aid uh, to some of these nations, along with other outreach efforts. As you look at it moving forward, Henry, what else should the administration be doing? Coming off what I thought was a successful summit, uh, didn't get as much attention as I thought it deserved. Uh, but what does the administration need to do moving forward? You know, I think what the administration needs to do is listen a lot. What they need to do is listen to these nations and see what they need, and each nation will need different things. And I think what we need to do is understand that these are places that if an opponent controls them, they can interdict American supply lines to places like Taiwan, and it can uh, prevent America from assisting its allies in the South Pacific like Australia. So. It's worth $100 million to a country as long as they can use the aid to make sure that their interests are aligned with ours, and it becomes a win-win. Yeah, so important. Anything else you're watching for uh, in the days ahead? 
You know, the, the, the biggest thing is there are already places where the Chinese have a significant influence. The Solomon Islands is a country that uh, has signed a security and economic deal with China. They've already postponed elections for a year, uh, which people are in the Solomon Islands are worrying is going to mean uh, the slow creeping of authoritarianism uh, with Chinese covert backing. And I think we need to keep an eye on that and basically say this is not something that we're going to tolerate and this is not something that is acceptable, uh, democratic backsliding in these countries. That would be the first thing that I'd have to say. And the second thing is just, again, you have to listen and find out what each country's problems are. Uh, And we need to build a long-range effort to say whether it's economic, political, or social, the United States is understanding and will try and make your country a better place. Uh, So good. Henry Olson, always appreciate your perspective. We appreciate you joining us once again on the program. Uh, Columnist for The Washington Post, senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, uh, had a great piece in The Washington Post on President Biden, and I think a really significant statement that President Biden cannot let Pacific Island nations fall into China's hands. So important. Uh, Henry, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. All right. Uh, those are important things, those Pacific Island nations. Uh, those are all nations I have been to and visited. And, and as I look at them, you you think of them falling uh, under more influence from China. Uh, and that's a scary thing. Uh, it uh, impacts security around the world. It impacts our ability to say, hey, we are a loyal and worthy partner uh, and that we can accomplish things that will create better prosperity inside of those countries and create better stability around the world. Don't forget the island nations. Uh, I think that's an important summit President Biden had, and I think there are many more discussions that need to be had as it relates to the Pacific Islands. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.